This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Meat Sports Alcohol for Tuesday, October 19th. I'm your co-host, Dylan. I'm J-Mo. Uh, we have an awesome interview on this episode. We talked to Reed Wallach. He's senior editor with BetSided, which is kind of the sports betting section of the fan-sided network. Uh, he was awesome to talk to. We talked to NFL, betting strategy, some of his picks for the upcoming week before we get into a quick Heisman discussion. Uh, and then we talk Brooklyn Nets because I'm a Nets fan. He's a Nets fan. And we get a bit of our worries out of the way. And then, uh, as everyone was highly anticipating... First episode of Succession came out on Sunday, so we do our recap. We also track our bets from last week. Got to say, looking pretty good. Hope you guys put some units down on those bets because they are tracking pretty nicely. Uh, You can can definitely cash those in right now. If this was a stock market and instead of buying shares and companies, you were just buying predictions in Succession, I'd be doing better than I'm doing on Robinhood currently. Should have mentioned just me for the interview had some technical difficulties slash work stuff go on. I I had to work. Yeah. (laughs) I think you have a personal issue with talking to Reed scheduling difficulties. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, uh, uh, unfortunately I couldn't make it, but I trust JMO with my life. This is scoopity poop poop. I pulled one of those on you. I pulled the old Kanye scoopity poop poop scoop. Uh, what do we already right, take it away, Ch- Hank? We now welcome on Reed Wallach, a senior editor with BetSided, sort of the sports betting section of the FanSided Network, which is where Meat Sports Alcohol lives. Going to talk some NFL, a little bit of college, and then our Nets. Thanks for coming on, Reed. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. So first things first, as a betting man yourself, uh, this is a bit more of a general question, but I just wanted to know, do you have a specific NFL betting strategy? Do you just try to hit the lines right when they come out on Monday? Do you do any live betting? Like, do you just have an overall strategy that you're working with? Yeah. Uh, since I really started covering sports full in the full-time space, I've really tried to hit these number when they open. I mean, mm-hmm. this is just general betting strategy, but the sooner you get it, the less influenced it is. I mean, the NFL specifically is the most efficient betting market there is. So the sooner you get in, the less you're getting bigger players in guys really shaping the number. So you're getting like the purest form of the number. I like to say, so I like to get most of my bets in before, you know, if there's some injury news I'm waiting for, of course, wait for the injury report, but I try to get them in as soon as possible. And in terms of strategy, just dig it. Like I generate my own numbers, but you know, looking at matchup data, looking at, all right, if this team likes to run, but this team's great at stopping the run and they have a you know, bad quarterback that can't throw the ball downfield, that's something that maybe a number doesn't necessarily present, but that's like where you see with your own eyes, you know that that's going to you know make a little bit of sense. And try, and try and rationalize the number, I like to say. Like, you know, if this number seems a little off to you, am I 
thinking about it wrong? Am I, should I look at this through a different lens? You know, I think generating your own numbers though really helps you gain perspective on what this number is trying to say. Right, right. Well, I definitely want to get into some specific teams here, some specific bets. I looked over your picks for this week. I have some questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first things first, I want to start with some of the best teams in the league, the Chiefs. Um, they had a, a weird win this week, like looking absolutely atrocious in the first half and then kind of locked it down in the second half. They're currently plus 700 to win the Super Bowl, plus 350 to win the conference. I kind of have this belief that they are just going to be end up being the Chiefs and like fix their defensive problems and get there. Am I stupid? <laughs> it's weird because their offense is performing at you know arguably like historic levels right now. Like there's not really a concern, even with those fluky turnovers that Mahomes is throwing, like they're still performing at a crazy, crazy level. And that just should show you how bad the defense is. The defense yeah. is, uh, you know, that's really where this issue is. I mean, they're letting up um, almost seven yards of play worse than the NFL. I mean, it's not sustainable and it puts a lot of pressure on Mahomes to perform at such a high level week by week. So right now, I, yes, the chiefs will make the playoffs and they'll likely end up hosting or not hosting. That's it. They'll likely be in the AFC championship game because right. you need a specific game state to beat the chiefs. You really need to perform on offense. And while I think some teams are catching up to them, and we could, you know, dig into some teams that I still like and, you know, who I'm looking to bet on. But at that number, there's still such a premium on betting Mahomes and the Chiefs that I'm not – I can't trust this team. Like, I'm looking at the Titans as home underdogs this week. I'm mm-hmm. not rushing to bet the Chiefs right now as road favorites because their defense can't hold up. Like, I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Chiefs won on Sunday against the Titans, but it was, you know, a three-point game. Like, 31-28 makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So what do you make of the AFC? You know, I, my team going into this year and who I've been really trying to push for was Cleveland, but they're just so banged up right now. It's really tough to um, say that they're the best team. I thought that they were good enough to beat these teams. And I love the way Kevin Stefanski calls it. Buffalo, of course, looks like they have really improved on defense, which was kind of the missing link to that. So Buffalo for sure, a contender and Baltimore. I mean, Lamar Jackson really is emerging as this great passer. These injuries have almost forced Lamar to become more of a passer and really trust his receivers. Now they get Rashad Bateman, a rookie back. He looks solid and hit in um, last week. So to me, Baltimore is a contender. You know, of course, can they stay healthy enough? Can they get healthy as the season progresses? Um, those to me, I still think Cleveland has what it takes to make a run this year. Mm. Um, and then one other team I'm going to, leave out of this discussion. I don't think the chargers are as good as people think. I think oh, that, really? yeah, I think that last week was kind of a reminder that there's still a ways to go with this team. And if you look, I was on the Ravens last week. I, I think the Ravens are a better team than the chargers. The chargers are performing at an incredible rate on fourth down. Brandon Staley, their head coach loves to go for on fourth down it. And I agree. It's the right decision, but a lot of people get caught up in, the result justifying the decision. You know, sometimes you make bad, you make good decisions and the result is incorrect. And um, Brandon Staley, they went for, uh, the Chargers went for it on, I believe, four times against the Browns in that crazy game a few weeks ago. They converted all of them. If you don't get those, you lose the game. Like the game was won and lost on those four downs. Like crazy, like fourth and eights, penalties, all this crazy stuff happened. So the Chargers defense isn't there yet. Bad run defense. I'm just not all the way sold the Chargers are a Super Bowl contender yet, but I love what they're doing long-term. 
So I leave the Chargers out. I'll leave the Bills, the Ravens, and hopefully a healthy Browns team as the big four. All right. Yeah, the fourth that from the round like 19 last week, and I think it was, was just like I get the analytics, mm-hmm. but that was just something else. Like I haven't seen anything like that. Yeah. And again, they didn't get it. You know, like a few, yeah. like those are those are the plays though where you could get yourself back to the game or lose the game. And again, I back the decision to go for it. But and if it doesn't work, then all of a sudden you, you know, you look like an idiot. Like look at the Bills last night against the Titans. I agree. 100% with the play, with the play call, this QB sneak, it works, what, eight times out of 10 with Josh Allen, if not more. Like, you yeah. go for that all the time. It was the right call. He just slipped. Like, that happens. So, yeah, you lose the game, and sure, maybe the result looks bad, but I think that these analytically driven coaches, like, that's a hidden edge in, you know, the sports betting market, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you got to factor in that the quarterback you're playing is Lamar Jackson, who looks yeah. like a superhero right mm-hmm. now, basically. Uh, switching conferences here, one team that I definitely wanted to get your opinion on is the Cardinals. I feel like they are one of the most confusing teams at the moment. Currently, they're minus 140 to win the division, a really, really strong division, mm-hmm. uh, but plus 1100 for the Super Bowl. Are you drinking the Kool-Aid on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals? It's so weird because last year I was so in on the Cardinals and they burned me towards the end of the year. And this year, it's almost like I, I'm annoyed that they are undefeated still. Like, I, I feel like I'm losing and now I'm fading them because I feel like they are overrated. You know, this, mm. I, I'm not going to say they're the Steelers of last year that started 11 and 0, because I think the Cardinals are legitimately talented. But I still have, you know, I have the Cardinals, in my opinion, as a top five team this season. You know, still ahead of them, I have the Bucks, Rams. Um, Ravens, Bills, and then they're right there with the, and then the Chiefs ahead of them. So I have the mm-hmm. Cardinals outside the top five. I still think all those teams are better than the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals have a bad run defense. The coaching with Cliff Kingsbury is obviously a problem. So, you know, and I'll, I guess I might as well plug the website while we're here. I wrote up today, and you could even wait a week on this, but the Rams to win the division, in my opinion, is a great, great bet right now. They're, I think, plus 130 right now. That's a team that is much uh, more well-constructed than the Cardinals and their schedule going forward is much easier. I know they lost the Cardinals earlier, but the Cardinals like looking ahead right now, they play the Texans this weekend, which is, you know, they're probably going to win their 17 point favorites, but then they play a short week against the green Bay Packers. So that could, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at both teams with one loss now. So I think the Rams at plus money right now, I think that they are built more to last, you know, Kyler Murray, he had a shoulder injury last week. Is that going to hold up? I think that they have a lot of turnover luck. So the Cardinals in the short term are a team I'm looking to fade because I just, again, I think Tampa Bay and Los Angeles are head and shoulders above them. I take them for sure in a playoff game. Yeah. The comparison to last year's Steelers is both a true, but hilarious comparison. Yeah. Cause it's like the Steelers in the sense that they are both undefeated and maybe a bit overrated, but like the rich man Steelers, like just mm-hmm. way more likable, way more talented more exciting the whole yeah the whole like if yards. the cardinals if the cardinals had lost if they were like four and two heading into you know this next stretch i'd be like oh the cardinals they're kind of like it's almost like losing helps them in the gambling market because now all of a sudden like everyone's so high on the cardinals and i'm just looking i think that they're overrated so i'm looking to get in on the other on the other side here and it hasn't worked so far but i think that you know you're gonna see some regression against this cardinals team in the near future 
Yeah, having predictions that I make be too correct is not a position I usually find <laughs> myself in. So congrats <laughs> to you on that. Um, to switch uh, between some of the good teams we've been talking about here and some of the more losing teams, uh, is there a team that you get the most frustrated with so far this season losing on? And I'll give you mine. It's the Falcons. If I lose <laughs> and I bet on the Falcons, I feel like such a schmuck. And I never want to bet again. So do you, what's your team? I mean, it worked out for me finally this weekend, but I was betting the Jags a lot. And now that I finally got a win, I think I might, thankfully they have a buy, so I don't have to, but I think I have to go back. I know I bet them the past two weeks. Um, I bet them against Denver in week two. I think that was like, I just, I don't know. I really like the weapons they have on offense. And again, like I'm kind of creating my own numbers and sometimes you can't assess like how bad of a coach urban Meyer is, for example, like those are some things that like you almost need to go into something you're doing and manually adjust that like urban Meyer is not an NFL coach and the team thinks he's a joke. So as good as you think Trevor Lawrence is as much as you like, you know, their uh, wide receivers and James Robinson their defense is bad and urban Meyer has no idea what he's doing. So like, that's something I almost need to adjust on. So thankfully I was able to um, cash last week, but I guess Jacksonville is a team where I just sit there and I'm just like, Oh, and maybe a little bit better team. San Francisco has been a team. I can't figure out a lot of injuries. Um, The quarterback situation. I don't know. And so, yeah, I guess San Francisco is a little bit better in Jacksonville. Those have been two teams. I can't really stop betting. And I think that they're underrated in the market, but maybe I'm just wrong on them. I feel like we got to be able to come up with some algorithm to figure (laughs) out Urban Meyer Meyer. being a coach into points against. (laughs) Like number of nights stayed after in the city (laughs) that he's in on a away game. His points add to the point spread. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) All right, we fixed it. Um, And then directly following that question, I couldn't help but notice that your picks in your picks for this upcoming week, you have the Giants in a teaser to plus mm-hmm. nine. I'm a Giants fan myself, so I know frustration on the Giants firsthand. Don't do it. If that <laughs> doesn't work out, I, don't, I can't think of anything more crushing. So here's my theory with this, um, you know, teasing the Giants up. They're playing Carolina, who that has been a team. I was so high on them coming into the season. That was my favorite team, like relative to market heading into the season. And, you know, Sam Darnold starting to show his true colors. And the Giants, to me, are a team that I like getting them as a home underdog or as a big underdog. I know last week they got crushed by the Rams. I understand that. But, you know, the Giants are a team. Like, look at that Saints game, for example. They were, I think, a seven-point underdog. I'm not sure if they closed there, but something like a touchdown underdog. That's where I'm trying to bet the Giants because they're able to hang in games. I know they're really hurt right now, but so are the Panthers. Like, I don't think Carolina is their best right now. And, you know, Daniel Jones versus Sam Darnold, give me um, the Giants, you know, at plus three. And I'll happily take them plus a field goal because I don't think Carolina has the explosiveness right now to, like, put a team away and win with margin. I, I like, if Carolina's going to win that game, it's going to be within a touchdown. That's going to be a back-and-forth slugfest type game. That's what I'm trying to predict. So I'll happily get the Giants through those key numbers of three and seven. That all that was my sense. that was my rationale. Trust me, I know I I'm a Giants fan. My two oh you are, are die, okay. yeah. My two roommates are diehard Giants fans. I try not to bet on the Giants when I don't have to because because like I don't feel like getting involved like that. But 
right? Like this situation right now, this is a great, great time because Carolina coming as a road favorite, what have they done to really earn that? Why, like, why are they a road favorite? Well, I would say, I feel like, you know, at the start of the season, their defense certainly isn't good, but there's potential that they could just beat up on bad teams, which has seemed like Mm -hmm. the first few games. Um, And, you know, you got to factor in your emotions. Like if I'm betting (laughs) anything on the Giants, I'm going to hedge my sadness and bet. Okay. I listen, everyone has their own perspective. I'm saying, I'm not saying the Giants are going to win this game. (laughs) I think that that they can hang around and, you know, maybe like a touchdown, you know, six point loss. I mean, getting, you know, if I were to give any advice, this is like basic teaser knowledge, but of course, like get through three and seven, you know, one score game, like that's all you're really looking for. So I expect, you know, a rock fight of a game, not much offense, a few big plays here and there win the game. So, you know, again, give me the Giants as a home underdog, especially tease through those numbers. Yeah, lock that game in too for when they flash to it on red zone. It's like pick six, yeah, fumble, sack, fumble. Yeah, yeah a game safety. I always watching red zone's great because when you'll hear Scott Hansen like the little like quick in his voice, and you're like. All right, is this either a sack, an interception, touchdown? Like you could just tell, yeah. like by the way he like slides in and gives a quick like brief uh, intro. You know what kind of play it's about to be. Yeah, it's like here are the Lions punting from their own fifteen, and you're <laughs> like, this is sure. this. Yeah, yeah it's not going to be a really good punt. <laughs> Something's going to go wrong. Um, I did want to get your take on college football here, uh, mainly the Heisman. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the most open it's been in a while. Um, wh- what do you think at this point of the season? Yeah. So I've been saying since like week two, I'm not sure anyone's really good. And Georgia separated itself as like that best team. But even them, like last year's Alabama team, in my opinion, whoops this Georgia team. I would, you oh, know, really, but yeah, I, Georgia is the best team this year. And I think it's pretty clear. So, but they, they're all, they're all based on their defense and, you know, there's no one standout on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, this is just a, you know, juggernaut defense suffocating. So, you know, Matt Corral from Ole Miss, Bryce Young from Alabama, those are the two favorites. And, you know, they put up gaudy stats. I kind of lean with Bryce Young just because of team success. But, you know, I'm looking further down the board just to see maybe if I could get hot and, you know, get lucky. And two guys that stand out to me are Travion Henderson from Ohio State, freshman running back. Um, the volume isn't there yet, but it's starting to. And Ohio State coming off a bye. So if I were to say this is the time, because Ohio State has a lot of high-profile matchups coming out, uh, coming up at the end of the season. They play Penn State. They play Michigan, obviously. Um, and then a Big Ten championship. So Henderson, who I don't have a stats in front of me, but his numbers are just filthy. I think he's averaging like almost eight or nine yards a carry. He has like seven touchdowns on like 50, 70 carries. Like the, he's just explosive. He's like a walking touchdown. So the numbers might be there. So I know CJ Shroud's lined shorter than him. I think he's like in the, you know, low or in the, you know, mid single digits. So Travion Henderson to me, he's like somewhere like 35 to one. Mm-hmm. If he steals the show in like a Penn state game or a Michigan game, he's going to fly up the you know odds board, especially if, you know, Ole Miss lose another game. Matt Corral might not play on Saturday. You know, Bryce Young, does the narrative become like Alabama's receivers are great. Like last year with Mac Jones, we saw it with Devonta Smith. So, Javion Henderson's a guy I think is worth a look. And then the really crazy one is Caleb Williams from Oklahoma. Um, of course, uh, take Spencer Rattler's job at the Red River game. You know, lead that insane comeback for Oklahoma. Uh, I've seen some books that have him 50 to one. I Is there a chance he wins by playing half the season? It would It's unheard of, but 
if Young and Corral don't run away with the award and Caleb Williams is that good, I mean, he went off against TCU last week. If Oklahoma runs the table, it's because Caleb Williams. I mean, people were I, – I thought Oklahoma looked nothing like a college football playoff team with um, Spencer Rattler. So now you put in Williams and he goes off. Can he make a run? Like, I'm looking to get down a little bit on a 50-1 to one because this feels like the year where something wild like that is worth it. I mean – I like I've seen crazier to me, Bryce Young and Matt Crowell are not worthy Heisman winners. They just win because everyone else is bad. So if Caleb Williams is that good, why not just give it to him? I love, I love that pick. I love the Caleb yeah, Williams. Like, why not? Because it's like, like, I don't you're, have also, a- you're not picking the best college football player. Actually, you're picking the Heisman. It's like narrative could play a huge part in that. And especially, you know, with his yeah, situation me, coming in halfway through the year, like he could totally to just steal the narrative. Absolutely. To me, the narrative, and that's what I'm looking for with Henderson. If he goes off, um, mm. in these big, big 10 games. And then also you look at Caleb Williams, like the narrative is right there for him. Top 14 kind of hanging on by a thread with the starter backup comes in. Who's highly touted anyway. And people were chanting for him springs this incredible run. They play, um, Baylor, Iowa state, Oklahoma state, Iowa state's not ranked right now, but everyone, they are a quality team. Um, Baylor, o- Iowa state, Oklahoma state, three in a row to end the year, and then a Big 12 title game. If they run the table, I'm telling you, Caleb Williams will be invited to New York. So I'm looking to get down now at like 50 to one. And maybe I, you know, maybe you catch lightning about because the narrative is right there. They stink and now they're great again. And they're in the college football playoffs. So yeah. it's, you know, it's a cookie cutter narrative for him. So if Young and Corral don't run away with it, Caleb Williams is really going to put himself in the mix. I like, I love it. The, <laughs> the fact he's a true freshman is just the most ridiculous. Exactly. So, and yeah, hundred percent could make a run here. Um, well, I love that real quick before we let you go. You're a Nets fan. I'm a Nets fan. The season starts tonight against the Bucks. Um, this is basically the last time we can have this conversation before <laughs> the season actually starts, but where should my expectations be for this Nets team so that I don't feel crushed by the end of the year? Well, it's either they win the title or you're crushed. Like, I mean, you last year, yeah. yeah, no, it's title or bust. And, you know, I, we can, I don't think there's really anything else to say about the Kyrie thing. So I'll kind of proceed as if he's just not going to play. I don't know the answer, but I will say this team is currently constructed, excluding Kyrie, is still the best roster in the NBA. That what Sean Marks did in this offseason was, fantastic they address all the needs that were necessary and it puts a lot of pressure on Duran Harden to stay healthy which you know will they stay healthy I'm not sure but you know Kyrie to me especially in the regular season isn't it is the cherry on top I don't think Kyrie necessarily changes the ceiling of the nets or changes the floor of the nets I should say um in the regular season I think if Harden and Durant stay healthy they still have the best roster in basketball Patty Mills coming off the bench. That is an integral piece. They needed, they needed more size. They went out and got LaMarcus Aldridge and Paul Millsap. You know, those are, mm-hmm. and I mean, I don't think Daron Sharp's going to play, but that's another big body. I think that this Nets team as currently constructed is still good enough to win the NBA finals. It just puts a little bit more pressure on Duran and Harden to stay healthy. So yeah, it's title or bust for me. I mean, you could see in the odds, um, they're still the favorites and as they should be, you know, yeah. Durant's favorites right now. I I was at games. I didn't miss a home playoff game. I was at game seven. Um, If Durant's toes not on the line, they beat Milwaukee. 
they beat Atlanta, they win the finals. Like, you know, that's the margin of error here. So now you're getting a fully healthy Harden, a, you know, even better shape Durant, a better supporting cast and a full off season. I mean, this team was put together kind of on the fly with Harden. Now you have a full training camp to get together. And I think that their culture is really good. I think that they believe that this is a title team and nothing will fall short of that. I think that the Kyrie thing, hopefully it's not a distraction. I think that, you know, tonight, I'm not sure when this go up, but, you know, a loss tonight, I'd be pretty upset just because that will start asking about Kyrie and stuff. That will just be the narrative. But this is still a title team with or without Kyrie. Of course, I hope he comes back. And I don't think it's that much of a distraction. I agree with you. Uh, the entire way people forget that month last year where it was just James Harden when uh, Durant and Kyrie were out and we still looked unstoppable. Yeah. I think that's probably like the biggest testament to this season, but let's go Nets. Um, let's do it. Let's go Giants. Mainly yeah. for, your, cover that for your bet and for, <laughs> for me not to be sad, um, but really appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us, Reed. Of course, man. Happy to come on. And thanks again for having me. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Now watch this drive. Time for our next segment. Uh, last you week. killed him that last one. <laughs> you just absolutely nailed it. Those questions came out. I actually, so, so, what, so what happened was I, I, I just got over my voice contusion. Um, oh. Joe and I both got some voice contusion. So I've been on voice rest. You guys uh, gave it to why. each other. You didn't use protection. Yeah, which is why you missed me in that that last segment. But um, I'm glad it cleared up. <clears throat> yep, I think it's all good now. Uh, <laughs> uh, so for this segment, which I am here for and able to participate in, um, we are going to do a little recap week one of succession and kind of track our bets, track our stone cold locks, because uh they looked pretty good. And I feel like some of these are pretty probable. Um, before we get into that, first off, what did you think week one? Highly anticipated. I thought it was fire. I thought it was just uh, incredible across the board. Yeah. Uh, seeing Kendall just like unleashed doing his own thing is sick. Just because he's pretty bad at it, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're really setting him up to fuck this up, which like I'm yeah. kind of sad about because I'm ruined for him. Um, but this just had like every every aspect of a good succession episode. It had like the family trauma, it had the business warfare, it had a healthy serving of Greg Sprinkles, which I oh, like. Greg, I I like this Greg and uh Kendall dynamic duo that they got going on here. Um, that, uh, that Greg in the car being the media coordinator or, uh, um, whatever it was and Greg at the apartment, uh, talking to the one woman who worked for the PR firm about canceling his mom's credit card was like all time, Greg, just yeah. such good Greg content. Yeah. They're unleashing Greg this season. I feel like they've heard all our demands. And uh, that kind of brings me to my lock last week, which was Greg is going to do something big. I don't know if that episode really qualifies as big because he didn't necessarily do anything, but he was given the responsibility. He was and given the responsibility. Exa- and I think that they're setting it up. He's, they're definitely 
the Greg sprinkles are getting hardier and hardier. I'd like to see. Okay, I'm I'm getting ahead here, but if we get a spinoff of just Kendall and Greg hanging out, like a little sitcom action, like New Girl, but just Kendall and Greg. Yep. Just them shooting the shit. I would pay to watch that too. Kendall, Kendall, Tom, and Greg, where uh, Kendall and Tom are both vying for Greg's attention. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I could see that. Little freeway. Um, Love triangle. Um, so that was, that's a good one. That's looking pretty good. Feeling good about that lock. Uh, my first one was, oh, Jerry and Roman are going to fuck. And that almost came true in the very first episode. And they are, they are looking like two peas in a pod right now, especially with Roman vouching for Jerry there. You can really see it's it's happening the sparks are flying um yeah she blew my mind when she was like the reason why i'm here is because i don't do stupid shit and then listed all the dumb shit that roman did i was like i hadn't really thought about that in the arc of the show but that's true yeah um also though gonna kind of disagree with you here obviously it got close but I don't know if it's going to happen from here on. Like, I, I feel like that may have been their chance. Like, that was prom night, and now they're going to different colleges. Like, that was prom night. And they, yeah. They a little pre-CEO, pre-graduation hookup. But now they're going their separate ways. Do you think that Jerry's going to kind of leave Roman in the dust? She got what she needed from him. And now she's going to be going off to an Ivy League college and getting a hot football boyfriend and Roman is going to stay at home and go to community college and constantly go through their Instagram together. Yeah, that I think Roman, Roman's going to be firing off lots of DMs. Yeah. I think he's going to be swipe, swiping and DMing. Brutal. The only problem is that, that he doesn't seem uh, sexually able. No. So, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know where he goes from here. Yeah. He's going to need to buy some Roman. Oh. Uh, Actually, I think, of. well, yeah. Isn't that what Roman is? Like ED. I think they have a whole mess of products, but I, <laughs> I get, I always get their, I always get their, uh, I always get targeted ads for their white, their wipes. They're like boner suppressant wipes. They're like the wipes that make you last <laughs> longer. It's like the wipes that make you last longer. Boner numbing wipes. I I, I only assume what is bro. What they are. Can we get them as a sponsor? Yeah, I honestly, they seem right up man. I thought you were gonna say that they're targeting you because you're 57 years old because of my ED. Yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> the exact I guess opposite. they still haven't gotten. It isn't quite in their algorithm that I have ED. But in me <laughs> saying this, this is gonna. This is yeah. Zach's listening. Yeah, now so it's like put them down over my put them down for the Roman ED pills. <laughs> this poor schmuck can't get it up. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, yeah, I see that. So prom night. Well, I'm still rooting for him, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know uh, if I'm necessarily rooting for it, but I could see it. I could see yeah. it happening. What was um, your next one? My next one was Kendall's gonna murder someone. Yes. It's not looking as good because he's all like happy and reconnecting with his ex-wife and like doing his own thing and thinking he's a god. What was funny is 
when they were in the car and Greg was like, oh, you're basically OJ, but you didn't kill someone. And he's like, maybe I did kill someone. And then had this like weird smile on his face, but he actually, actually did, did kill, kill someone. Somebody. I was like, yeah, I think, huh. yeah, I think, I think Kendall's a bit flying a bit too close to the sun here. He's going to start getting worked up. He's like, a, he's a bit of a toddler when he gets, he gets too much of a head of steam. He, yeah, gets giddy. It's like he's a and, sugar high or something. And it, and he, and it's just going to end in a total collapse. He just got a razor scooter for his birthday and he wants to take it from the, highest hill in the neighborhood exactly he got handed exactly. the keys to the and porsche and now he's gonna crash it exactly and he yeah exactly he got his hands on some roman ed pills <laughs> and now he's gonna have a boner for four now he's going sure. to the strip club <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> yeah uh my last one i'm just gonna finish him off here was that tom is gonna get ruined like yeah. And I don't know how that how that's doing because he's definitely not doing the best because his marriage is still falling apart and he got sent to like some Slavic country to hang out uh, with Balkan. I don't know. Oh man. Either way, he got sent to like Eastern Europe. Yeah, he got and, sent to uh, Eastern Europe. But he at least he's like retaliating now. You know, it's better than him being like sad and just, yeah, I agree. Sad Tom is not the Tom. Like now he's I sad, like. but he's j- trying to uh, enact change. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I also think it's funny that he's on the that he's in the group of the of the least trusted advisors that gets stuck with Ro- uh, Logan the whole time. Oh, did I just I call Logan Roy. It happens to that's me a, too. That's all right. There's too many names. Just edit, boy. just edit it in post. Yeah, I'll fix it in post. Sarajevo. 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 Yes, correct. There we go. Um, I thought of that just in time. I wish Tom didn't recommend shit. Like, not only was agnostic about it, like, I wish he actively didn't push for Shiv to become CEO. Yeah. Like, he was like, just whatever you do, not back. Yeah. 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 But she did get stabbed in the back. I know. But that's the thing with Shiv. She never, she's, she doesn't, she doesn't know how to play the game. She's well, always now, setting herself up for failure. Now she's got a chance. What do you think she's going to do? Bro, she's definitely going to Kendall. Going side. to Kendall? Yeah, man. They set up the end of the episode, like, turn this Uber around. <laughs> I know, but. You think that's going to end positively for her? I feel like nothing ends positively for anyone in this show. It's just a, it's all. It's purgatory. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But and I mean, then, it can't go any worse. Yeah. No, I went for it in that first episode. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a pretty big time. They always throw in the episodes where Shiv just gets absolutely shit on. And that was, that was one of them. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. And what then, were your other ones? Well, mine was also someone's going to die, which I didn't see any hints of that. But, you know, when are they when when would they ever? Right. Yeah. I mean, when are you going to see that coming? I mean, who is it? Connor, who 
was going to die if he didn't get a sandwich when they were waiting at the airport, he could have died. Exactly. Yeah. Um, starvation. Who is the uh, um, the one? Uh, man, I wish I was better with character names. Never mind. Um, when the, he almost had a panic attack uh, when they were getting held hostage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those guys are all the same. They, I don't even think they are. They're all the exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's the Frank. Frank. It's Frank, <laughs> the other guy, and then the, the and then the hedge fund guy from last year. Um they're all Frank. I they're mean, all Frank. Yeah, they're exactly. Frank. I think that's fair. So I think you could put I mean, maybe one of the Franks is gonna die. I don't know. I can see Roman dying. No, he's too close. It would have to be a tertiary character. Maybe what will happen is Roman will actually take over the business, become uh-huh. like a multi-multi-billionaire, mm-hmm. get bored like the regular real-life billionaires, try mm-hmm. to send himself into space, call Not- back oh. to the rocket exploding. It explodes. Suicide yeah. by rocket. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, write it down. Write it down. And then my last uh prediction was that logan's gonna shit on the floor at some point may and i don't even know if it's gonna be like an act of like being senile it might just be him he shits on the floor of like kendall's apartment or something like that i could see just like i think that one might be doing the best of all our locks so far I could see that where he just like he shits on Kendall's front porch or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lights out of just fire. like vengeance, out of just pure. Yeah, exactly. Pure. Um, yeah, I mean, also though there were like several occurrences, like almost shits. Like remember he was like, uh, "Nobody's eating food right now. If I get the shits, this is all over." That was close. Foreshadowing. Foreshadow. <laughs> Foreshadowing. And then when they were at the hotel, he was like do you want a room? And he's like, yes, I want a room. Maybe yeah. he just had to take a shit really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't want to go in a public bathroom. Shit on my brains. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me a room right now. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd say it's feeling pretty good. Did you have any others left? I had something about Shiv being something. I don't know. Uh, those are the three that mattered. Yeah. Uh, yeah. let's keep tabs on these bad boys. We'll check yep. in every now and then throughout the keep season. Correct. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That was and that uh, was succession uh, recap. Recap succession. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days I had no rice. I remember those days I had no sticks. And that was our show. Tune in next week when I don't know. What are we doing next week, JMO? Let's talk to Flow from Progressive. Okay. Yes. Sit down. Tune in next week when we sit down with Flo from Progressive. Have you been keeping up with the Progressive Cinematic Universe? Where the, the like, Holly, Holly, uh, Halloween. <laughs> yeah, the Adams Family. The Adams Family, that's what yeah, it is. Man, yes. it's, yeah. it's like an interwoven set of timelines. Okay. We should, let's brush up on our progressive knowledge and let's get well, some info progressive next week. <laughs> yeah, when we talk to Flo. When we talk to Flo, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. I'll um, I'll get on that right now. All right, I'll I'll, I'll set us up. Yeah. Cool. All right, All right. Peace. Peace and love. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. 
By now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Because maybe